This is Ingredient Insiders. I'm John Magazzino. And I'm Andrea Parkins. Each week, we'll be talking with top chefs about their favorite ingredients. We'll also be talking to the food suppliers that make those ingredients from all around the globe. This week, we're going to be talking about a very specific type of oregano, Sicilian oregano. Yeah, Sicilian oregano is definitely, it's more assertive, it's more peppery, more floral, you know, almost aggressive. Yeah. A, a little bit goes a long way with Sicilian oregano. It usually comes on the branch, too. Yep. There are sometimes you'll see it, you know, labeled as Sicilian oregano, but I think a lot of people come to associate this product now with, they actually take a trimming of the bush that it comes off of. It's got such an amazing flavor. To me, it's very herbaceous. It's the flavor of the Mediterranean. You can use it in soups, stews, sautés, yeah. pesto, you name it, oregano can yeah. fit in there. It's definitely going to ha- like make a statement when you use it. We're going to have a very special guest from Texas, Andrea, Chef Sasha Grumman. I think she started a focaccia company, right? You know right? what her handle is? Sasha Focaccia on Instagram. So that'll be a lot of fun. And we'll also be talking with Steve Marino, who is a spice expert, who is the spice supplier to the Chef's Warehouse. At the Chef's Warehouse, we sell oregano on the branch, which comes from Sicily and Calabria. So do you cook with a lot of herbs, John? I do. I use a lot of fresh herbs and I use, do you know, a decent amount of dried herbs. It depends, obviously, on what I'm making. When I think of oregano, I immediately think about pizza. Yeah. Like the dried oregano that kind of sits in the canister on the every shaker. Yeah, on the on the shaker. But it's kind of like one of those herbs that underutilized, undervalued. I, I think of doing like a pasta with clams, a little bit of garlic, maybe a little white wine, lemon juice as the sauce. You put oregano in there, it's gonna come out and say, Hey. It's gonna pop. Hey, I'm here and I'm from the Mediterranean. Yeah. Well, now they have all these different hybrids of herbs. So you can get like different flavors of oregano um, along with a lot of other herbs. Like I have a little herb garden on my terrace in the city. Yeah. And I have regular thyme, lemon thyme, purple sage, regular sage, all really easy to grow. Do you grow oregano? Yes, I grow oregano. I find fresh oregano to be very intense. It is very intense. You only need a little bit. Yeah. I use it it when making a chimichurri. I think now in cooking, fresh herbs are much more popular than dried herbs. Yeah. There's like almost like this like negativity towards dried herbs sometimes in a kitchen. Like I I don't use, do you use dried rosemary in anything? No. Tastes like a, like woody, almost like a branch. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about dried herbs for a sec. Okay. Spices. Cinnamon. I use cinnamon. Me too. Peppercorns. Love them. Thyme, dried. Not really. Right. What about? Nutmeg. Love it. But you have to have it fresh, not ground. Like you grate it. Yeah, I grate it myself. Yeah. Dried basil. Never use it. And Gar- cilantro. Garlic powder? Yeah. I do use it. It's interesting. Some things we like, some things we don't like. What about cardamom? Yum. I mean, I don't think there's a there's not a fresh version of that. No, that's like the whole pod goes in. It's so fragrant, so beautiful. All right, let's talk about the ones that could be used often fresh, often dried. So parsley. Both. I, I never use dried parsley. What do you use dried parsley for? I use it like in a pinch. If I don't have parsley and I'm making meatballs or throwing it in a sauce, like a tomato sauce, I'll okay. use it. Or in like a stuffing, sage. It's not in my pantry, but I could see adding crumbled sage to a lot of things and it probably would be pretty good. Like a stuffing? Yeah. What about bay leaves? I always use dried. I only use dried, but yeah. some people like fresh, but I think those are very intense and medicinal almost. Yeah. I think they're also hard to find. What else is there? Oregano. I'm thinking about Simon and Garfunkel right now. Is like parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Are you going to?
oregano so yeah as i mentioned i'll use it fresh just for chimichurri i'm not a huge fan of it fresh in any other application i think when it comes to fresh oregano though i think chefs are looking for bright green color kind of medium-sized leaves no brown in there and you know when you obviously when you rub the leaves you you know start to bring out the oils and there should be a, a really strong aroma that comes from it we're really excited to have sasha on to talk about her, one of her favorite ingredients, Sicilian oregano, and all that she's doing with her new focaccia line. I think a lot of the appeal to the oregano on the branch for chefs, and certainly if, if I use it, I love the fact that you can squeeze it and just kind of let it all the little pieces fall onto the food. Yeah, it's more of a statement piece, I think, when the plate is sitting on the pass and you know the chef is finishing the dish with it. Yeah. It makes a statement and the diners can see that. Yeah. Um, and it adds, you know, a different level to the experience. It's kind of like Malden salt. Yes. Where you stick your fingers into the pile of salt and then you kind of crunch it between your fingers mm -hmm. and watch it fall onto the food. Yep. It's all about the texture and the feel and watching it fall down. Salt Bay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Andrea, today we have the amazing chef from Houston, Texas, Sasha Grumman on the show. I was so excited to uh, have her on today, uh, you know, watched her on Top Chef and now, you know, get to talk to her here. I met Sasha in person. This is in 2019, pre-COVID. It seems like 10 years ago, Sasha, but yeah. I was visiting a new hotel project that Sasha was working on with Chef Chris Cosentino in Houston. Welcome, Sasha. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You know what? Before we even get started, we're going to talk about you know today's ingredient. <laughs> um, but how did you get into the whole world of chefing? So my whole world of chefing really started a long, long time ago. I feel like it's one of those things where like that calling was always inside of me and it took it sitting right in front of my face for me to actually realize that that was something I was supposed to do. Um, when I was a kid, I used to watch cooking shows religiously. Every morning before school, every day after school, late at night, my parents would catch me like watching Emerald late at night. You know, I just always loved being in the kitchen and coming from a really strong Sicilian family, like there was always cooking. You know, I graduated college. I went to Kenyon in Ohio and I concentrated in sociology and law. And what do you do with that? I'm not sure. <laughs> you become Still a chef sure. yeah. or a sociologist, <laughs> one or the other. Really, I followed my passions and then passion for cooking continued after college. And I moved home and I started cooking for my uh, dad and my sister. And my dad would just buy whatever I wanted from the market. And he would say, cook. And he'd always say, this is restaurant quality. And, nice. you know, the summer starts coming to an end and he goes, what are you going to do? You're done coaching field hockey. What's next? And both my sister and my father were like, you should look into culinary school. And I, I was love like, this. is that a real thing that people do? <laughs> I love it. Where did you and go to culinary school? I went to culinary school in New York City at the French Culinary Institute. I did the Italian program. So I went to Italy for six months. So yeah. today's ingredient, and maybe now it's not such a mystery to me why you chose this one after you told <laughs> us about your Sicilian origin, is yeah. oregano on the branch. Yes. Why did you pick that ingredient? You know, whenever I ask our guests to be on the podcast and for the ingredient, I always kind of get excited for their response. And when I saw right. Sicilian oregano, I was like, wow, like it's so unique. It's so different. Yeah. 
the oregano speaks to so many things about what I love about Italian food. Number one, simplicity. Ingredients are the best and they're preserved the best and they just have the most intense flavor. So if you compared oregano in the States versus oregano in Italy, you'd be mind blown. You know, it's growing where it should grow. It is in its purest form, growing probably nice and wildly. It just tastes like original oregano, but a thousand times better. Yeah, there's an intensity about Sicilian oregano. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up Absolutely. in an, what I call an oregano household, and I didn't really think about this till <laughs> I saw that the ingredient today was going to be oregano. My mm -hmm. dad, we're Italian family as well. He, you know, his family came mm -hmm. from the area of Campania. Whenever he would make a salad, and it seemed like every night he was making a salad with mm -hmm. iceberg lettuce and tomatoes and onion, he would put so much oregano, oil, he'd always do the same thing, red wine vinegar and extra virgin olive oil. Yep. And like oh, yeah. heaping tablespoons of dried oregano. Of dried oregano. Yes. It's not the high quality stuff that we're talking about today, just the whatever he like found the in standard. the supermarket yeah. kind of thing. Absolutely. But it used to, the, to me, that was just like how it was done for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to cook later in life, I was like, hey, let's hold back on the oregano. <laughs> But now I will also tell you, a friend of ours came here last summer. Sorry to ramble about oregano, but that's what we're talking about today. A friend of ours who's a chef in Chicago, Doug Saltis, came to my house. And he it's always nice when a chef is a friend that comes to cook at your house. He's like, what do you want for dinner? And I was like, we would love spaghetti with clams. And instead mm. of just doing a, a regular, what I consider regular spaghetti with clams, maybe a little parsley, garlic, you know, white wine, whatever. He did mm -hmm. a clams oregano Mm. spaghetti with clams and mm -hmm. he too used a liberal amount of in this case greek <laughs> oregano that we got from the island of crete mm -hmm. holy shit it was amazing yeah but sasha yeah. i think i think with a sicilian oregano you don't need to use as much right no it's so powerful it's a really unassuming ingredient. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just oregano, but it has such a powerful floral earthy note to it that like just a little sprinkle and you really get the full experience of the Sicilian oregano. Do you buy it on the branch or in, you know, jars? Like now I buy it on the branch. On the branch. And we were buying it on the branch for the hotel as well. You know she's a pro when she's buying it on the branch. Yeah. There's also like probably good like <laughs> presentation value too. Like Oh yeah. Know. Yeah. How do you it's use gorgeous. the oregano like on the branch? Wrap. How do you do, do you <laughs> yeah. take it and like crunch it on top and let it fall onto whatever you're cooking? Exactly. I have a newfound focaccia business and I started doing all sorts of versions, but I started doing uh, pizzas as well, like focaccia pizzas. And I put this oregano on every single one, not only for flavor and taste, but also like that beautiful Italian dramatic quality of like sprinkling straight from the branch onto your food right in front of you. People love that stuff. Yeah. Me, and I love it. Let me say so something. If, Sorry, I'm going to interrupt here. Go ahead. <laughs> best pickup line of all time when someone says, you know, so what do you do? I have a new focaccia business. <laughs> if someone doesn't want to go on a date with you after that line, forget them. Just forget them. I should them. start using that. Uh, okay. it's, for sure. What is the name of your focaccia business? 
Sasha's Fakasha. Sasha's Fakasha. That's amazing. Yeah. Rhymes. <laughs> Straight. Yeah. I mean, it was not the original name for it by any means. By the time the 10th person was like, your name rhymes with Fakasha. You have to do this. And I was like, the people have spoken. Here we go. I have done this legally now. It is the legal name of my business. That's awesome. And so, and this is in Houston. Yes. What else do you do with oregano? What do you like to do with it, even if you're at home cooking or? So definitely with seafood, like you were talking about earlier, like clams with oregano, mussels in a broth. Using it for dressings is something that it also has a place, not just in Italian salads, but it elevates any vinaigrette. You can use it as a rub. So I make a lot of rubs at home for my protein. And so I'll use mushroom powder. I'll get some preserved lemon powder and then add in dried oregano to anything. And it's that familiar but interesting part of the rub always where people can't really put their finger on it, but they like it. I always associate Sicilian oregano. It's dried. It's on the branch. Does Is, is yes. there a fresh, can you get it fresh in Sicily or is that, is it typically I just will dried? let you know. Okay. <laughs> I will get back to you on that once I'm there. When are you going to Sicily? I am actually going to be doing a chef in residence program in Tuscany for two months starting at the end of July. Oh my God. And you know what? I'm free <laughs> yeah. the end of July. Perfect. If you need someone to carry a bag or sharpen knives, <laughs> I'm always willing. So I will be at this villa called Villa Lina and it is in Pisa. Nice. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And essentially the creators of this property wanted to create a space for creatives to do essentially sabbaticals and residencies away from their normal gigs and to re, you know, invigorate their creativity. You know, there's everything from painters to botanists to florists, farmers. There's all sorts of artists that are going to be there and I will be the one cooking for them. Amazing. Um, I was actually uh, online booking my plane tickets as you were <laughs> describing. <laughs> I want to hear more about the focaccia business too. So yeah, how many types is it? Tell us, is it an ever, is it a sure. menu of focaccia or is it the focaccia of the day or the week? And how are you distributing it? Where do you buy it? So right now I have three variations. I have my classic olive oil sea salt. I have my sweet Santa Fe chili. I was driving home after talking chef from California and we my mom and I did a road trip and we stopped in Santa Fe and I found the most amazing chilies so I get those shipped to me from my friend uh, on a monthly basis and I use those in my focaccia I also do a toasted seeds so it's fennel seed coriander cumin anise seed caraway and it's really like crunchy and bright and fun and so I do those three at the moment. And I was doing farmer's markets, but I stopped doing those because I'm going to Italy. Uh, but the plan after Italy is to start establishing a nationwide shipping ability for my focaccia. Yum. Sounds delicious. Where did your dough recipe originate for this? 
Lots of Googling. Before you go on Top Chef, they really ask you to nail down 30 recipes by memory. I thought, you know, this could be my restaurant wars. Every time somebody does bread and executes it well, you know, they get huge praise and accolades. And I was like, I will bring a bread to restaurant wars. So I really focused on this recipe and tweaked it, adjusted hydration, changed the flour out a little bit and how it was fermented and for how long. And I just kind of started falling in love with the process. So I took the recipe with me, didn't use it, but I came back and baking is really therapy for me. So I really started baking a lot and baking a lot of focaccia, really nailing it down and getting repetition of the actual baking in. And I was told by friends that, you know, this was good enough to sell and that I should really start marketing it. And turns out people do want to eat good focaccia. <laughs> I need to try this focaccia. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because a lot of restaurants will give you focaccia. They'll put it out mm -hmm. with the bread, you know, or you can order. Mm -hmm. Right. But I got to tell you, there's a lot of focaccia to me that is not very good. Yes. And in mm -hmm. fact, there's two focaccias in the United States that stand out in my mind. I'm lucky I get to eat out a lot of, and around the country. Mm -hmm. uh, Felix in Los Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles, so good. Evan Funky, that guy, Oh yeah. he does nice focaccia. Master. And also in New York, Maria, Michael White's, or formerly mm -hmm. Michael White, they also used to do a beautiful olive focaccia with rosemary. Those two focaccias Absolutely. stand out in my mind. I don't know why, because they're great. focaccia, I thought of Felix. You did, LA. yeah. It was like, a, I'll oh, never yeah. forget taking that first bite of his... Of and that's Sicilian style. Yep. That focaccia was a little bit of inspiration for me because I wanted that chewy, glutinous structure, mm -hmm. but I also wanted it light and fluffy, crispy on the outside. And so that focaccia is definitely more of like almost a cake consistency. Yes. And it's addicting mm -hmm. and totally wonderful and deserves all the praise it gets. Yep. And so I was like, how do I intertwine that version with like this crispy olive oil version? Do you use oregano with focaccia? Will you put that into the dough or sprinkle it on top? I have put it into the dough. And that's also so fun. Like you can do anything with this. I'm working with a farm right now and I'm taking flower petals and seeds from their garden and I'm using that into my dough. A lot of the focaccia, I think what John was saying, like it's like this dense kind of like a slab I would almost think of and it doesn't, there's not yes. a lot of life there. And I think what sounds like your recipe, it's like alive, mm -hmm. which sounds yes. delicious. Now, another question is, where do you get your uh, oregano? You know, when you go to Italy, do you bring a secret stash back or do you get it from... I'm trying to decide if I'm going to bring my secret stashes of things with me or... Yeah, you got to be careful. I'm oregano just looks, yeah, like, looks, like uh, looks like contraband sometimes. I've, I've actually smuggled I, a little oregano. I might just trust that they have all the things I need there and save all my goodies for myself at home. You can't get top, off oregano. Top five, <laughs> top five dishes with oregano. Oh my God. If okay. you have a top five. How about top three? Okay, top three. I would say baked oysters with an oregano breadcrumb. Yes, yes. Um, like so classic, so delicious. Definitely in a salad dressing. I did um, a charred tomato dressing with like some pickles and all of that good stuff. And the uh, oregano just elevated it so much. And my all-time favorite application is as a pizza topping for a meat-focused pizza. So nice. tomato sauce, mozzarella, pepperoni, yeah. mortadella, sausage, and Sicilian oregano. And it's incredible. That sounds incredible. 
Sounds so you good. You know what's interesting about oregano is very popular yes. in Greece. I mean, extremely popular. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very popular in Mexican food as well. Yes. I'm not quite sure the origins of the herb, where it first started growing. It's It really is something that's worldwide in its distribution. I totally agree with every one of those picks as far as favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all sound amazing. I mean, oregano was used not only for food, but you know, medicinal purposes, amazing health benefits, anti-inflammatory properties. I was even telling John earlier, I read that uh, in Germany, they used to eat it uh, as like an antidepressant. They called it like the cheerful herb. Maybe so, that's why we wow. all love it so much. Yeah, maybe, you know, the more oregano you eat, the happier you'll be. I tell you, I would be very happy to eat Sasha's focaccia with uh, <laughs> oregano <laughs> on it or that meat lover's pizza she just described. Oh, yeah. So, Sasha, where are you currently, where do you purchase your oregano or, you know, what suppliers do you use? So the suppliers I use for the oregano is definitely Chef's Warehouse. My connection over there with Ethan Bryan is incredible. He's been so wonderful and helpful with getting me products that I want and I need. And he searches to the end of the world to find them for me. And he found this oregano on the vine. It's the most beautiful oregano that I've seen that's been dried. That's very sweet. Ethan's a great guy. And that was not, we were not trying to solicit that response from you, but that's awesome. You know what's amazing about the Chef's Warehouse? We have a lot of products. We have Mm -hmm. not just one oregano on the branch, but two. We have a Sicilian oregano on the branch. We also have a Calabrian oregano on the branch. And I don't know that there's a whole lot of difference between the two because... Uh, you know, as far as the flu- to as each the, other, yeah, yeah, as the crow flies, you're talking about less than two miles so, yeah, from yeah, Calabria yeah. to, to Sicily, <laughs> right. but they're um, right next to each other. They're ne- they're next door neighbors. Tutto Calabria make the oregano. They do. We have a Bellaria like our oregano label. on the brand, mm-hmm. which is from Calabria. Got it. Yeah, but Sicilian Calabria. You know, uh, uh, the other thing I was going to talk about. Maybe next time we'll have you on. We'll talk about capers from Sicily. Are you a big caper fan? Oh as yeah. Well? Oh yeah. Huge fan. My last question for you is, how do you feel about anchovies? I am obsessed with anchovies. Um, Like straight out of the packaging, raw, fabricating them myself. I love anchovies in any form. I think they are the best sneaky additions to things that people don't even realize they're in. And they build such a beautiful Italian umami to everything that they touch. And honestly, I eat them by themselves. They're so good to me. Perfect answer. You answered that question perfectly. Perfectly. You know, before (laughs) this show was named Ingredient Insiders, it was Uh going to be called the anchovy. But then we we decided, you know what? Some people don't like anchovies, or so we thought. But every time Andrea asks that question, everybody answers it. That they love them. They love them. It has been (laughs) our pleasure today on Ingredient Insiders to have Sasha Grumman, the Fear Chef, at the Fear Chef on Instagram with us. Joining us from Houston, Texas to talk about oregano, life, focaccia. We can't wait to see all of your Italy adventures. Uh, You know, hopefully you'll be posting uh, a lot on Instagram. If I was in Texas, I would be getting online and going to at Sasha's Focaccia and ordering focaccia. Thank you. This episode is in partnership with the Chef's Warehouse and produced by Hey Now Media. John, I'm really excited that we have Steve Marino here with us today. Yeah, this is awesome. Spices are kind of the foundation of so many dishes. And uh, Stephen, we're very lucky and very excited to have you with us today. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Tell us a little bit about the SPICE program. We have procurement people and we work with 
a number of companies all over the country, all over the world, everywhere from India to Vietnam to Indonesia, Mexico, uh, to source different products. We bring them all here into their, our operation in the United States. Uh, we, we package them and, and send them back out on their way all over the country. We're lucky enough to be able to service the operations in, in Los Angeles and Portland and Miami and, and everywhere else you guys go. Are there certain standards that we've put in place to ensure that the spices, we always say that they're pure. Is there a level of quality that comes with the spices that you're importing? Most definitely. You know, one of the interesting things with spices in general is that uh, they're, they're very industry-wide. They're, there's a lot of opportunity for them to be have additives or, or other factors to adulterate the product. Uh, what we do here is besides vetting and, and dealing with our, our farmers and our suppliers long-term basis, we require all of the product to be tested overseas. Uh, once it lands here, we submit it to a third-party laboratory testing again. Uh, and then once it goes into the production line, uh, we do random spot checks during production to make sure there's no further contaminants along the production side. Uh, and then finally, there's a, a fourth check on our finished goods uh, before we ship them out. Yeah, And I that's think- true for leaf products like oregano or basil uh, or powdered products like garlic, onion, or even items like marjoram or other less common items. I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know that everyone knows how important it is and how different the qualities are of different spices. I think a lot of, you know, certainly home consumers just kind of take it for granted if they see something on the shelf in a store that's got to be fine. But there's so much adulteration. I don't know that there's strict rules surrounding what can go in those spice jars, certainly in supermarkets. Atlantic Beverage has done an incredible job taking all those steps you just mentioned to ensure that you're getting pure spices. And I, you know, I can say, you know, very happily when, when we walk into a kitchen to visit a chef and and you know one of our clients to me one of the first things i notice is that spice rack and how are they procuring their spices because it is such an important part of their final product um i even see some restaurants where they've got glass mason jars and they've gone maybe directly to the source to find the perfect juniper berry or whatever it may be and to me that's always a uh, very important part of what the the mentality and and the quality that's coming out of that kitchen now, tell us a little bit more because we wanted to talk about Sicilian oregano and oregano in general. Do you know specifically where you guys source your oregano from? The answer is various ports of call. Uh, it depends what product that we're packaging. We, we actually package a, a number of different products uh, in the oregano line. I, just to circle back really quickly for a second because it ties into your last comment. When you start talking about quality of product, I know we were talking about product safety and, and wholesomeness, but when you source the product itself, there's different grades of product available. And when we're dealing with spices, particularly dried spices, the most important aspect that you're looking for is the volatile oil content. Uh, and that's basically why if you go into your, your grandmother's cabinet and find the can of spices from, from 1974, they don't taste like spices anymore. Uh, so one of the things that we do is, is we try to source product from our supplier partners, and, and in many cases, the farms themselves, uh, where we're buying product that, that's particularly high uh, in these volatile oils. For oregano, there's generally two readily available uh, products. One is an SVO1, one is an SVO2, and both of those things refer to the volatile oil content. With the Chef's Warehouse product, we go out of our way to, to source only SVO2 product. 
it's actually the, the highest quality product that we do source. Uh, that product comes from, from a couple of different uh, source countries. We still bring product in. Surprisingly, we bring in non-Mexican oregano from Mexico, as well as Mexican oregano. And, and they're slightly different products. They actually come from a different genus. The Italian oregano is, is actually uh, very akin to the Greek oregano. It, it's not much different. Just a little bit of the difference in, in, the, in the organoleptics. It's a little bit uh, less spicy than the Greek oregano. Uh, but we also bring in product from Southeast Asia, which surprised me when, when I found out about that as well. But our product that we, we sell to Chef's Warehouse comes from Mexico and, and from uh, Southeast Asia. We don't bring in any oregano from China at all, even though they do offer it. So you're bringing the oregano in. How does it come to you guys? And then how does it get into the containers, you know, that we sell to chefs? When we source the product, we contract product at the height of the season. It works almost the same as, as every other uh, organic uh, or agricultural product. During harvest season, you can contract uh, your product for the year. Like I said before, we, we try to use the same suppliers. We've got relationships with some of our vendors going back to over 10 years. There's so much malfeasance in the industry. Knowing who you're buying from uh, and having that long-term relationship uh, really helps guarantee the product. We, we actually reject less than 5% of, of all the product that, that we bring into the country because they do such a good job of testing it before it gets here. Once we bring that product in, we, we bring it in 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 large totes. They're basically 2,000 pound bags that are packed in large cardboard boxes. When it comes time to package the product, we run it through our, our packaging equipment. Relatively old school, you know, we just run it right through the, the bottling machines. We cap it and send it out. But the goal is to package the product as fresh as possible. Once you open that product and expose it to the air, uh, the product starts to degrade. And those volatile oils that we were talking about earlier start to dissipate. And the same holds true for manufacturing. We try to run our lots in, in 2,000 pound increments uh, so that once we open the product, it gets packaged uh, and, and induction sealed so, so we keep the air out of it. Uh, to your point on shelf life, what do you guys recommend? More recently, I ran out of crusher pepper flake. I put it on everything at home, found one in my back cabinet and I put it on. There was no more heat in it. It had all, you know, dissipated to your point. Normally, what do you tell people in terms of shelf life? Once you have a packaged product, that product should be good for a year unopened. After that, it will start to degrade even, even in the packaging. Now, that doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it becomes unwholesome. Uh, but what that happens is, is the product loses its potency as those oils dissipate. Once the product's open, you should probably use it up within 30 days. You know, for a restaurant, that's a relatively easy process. You, you buy a, a one pounder of spice and, and they go through it pretty quickly. For all the, all the people at home, it may look good sometimes to buy that, that large industrial or commercial sized uh, package of spice. But if you're not going through that in 30 days, once you open it, uh, it's going to start losing its potency very quickly. They're not super expensive. So to no. maybe buy a new jar because it's going to have so much more flavor and add so much to your recipe, it might be worth it. Oh, I would recommend that. Unabashedly recommend that. You know, in many cases, when you look retail and we don't do any retail, everything we do is is packed for food service. Uh, but when you look at the retail sizes, people have been coming out with smaller and smaller sizes for all the all the people at home. I would I would highly recommend buying uh, the smallest size possible. 
if you're not going to use fresh. You also make a, a lot of different spice blends. Do any of those do. contain oregano? Zatar, you know, definitely has oregano in it. Do you make yeah. anything that's heavy with oregano? The ubiquitous Italian spice blend that's that's out there mm -hmm. um, is, is obviously very heavy in oregano. With the more savvy customers and, and the more specious blends, you, you get to something like a, a Zatar and all of a sudden you're, you're blending you know, seven or eight different spices together. And that that's one of the most fun parts of the job. We manufacture products for some customers down in Louisiana for some crab boils. Some of them contain oregano in them. Like I said, the ubiquitous Italian seasoning contains oregano. There's a car. Without looking into it, I'd say there's probably about 32 different spice blends that we have that, that utilize oregano. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Not all spices are created equal. Definitely buying smaller packaging so you're getting the freshest spices at home is the way to go. Steve Marino, we appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the, the chance to talk with you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Ingredient Insiders, where chefs talk. Like what you hear? Write us a review and follow us on Instagram at Ingredient Insiders. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.